All right, guys, what's up? It's Seth and Tony. We're coming at you from Southwest Ohio Full Court Press, uh, and we're here today to do some bracketology, Tony. It's about that time, Seth. It is about that time. Uh, so in this particular episode, um, we're going to be breaking down the Division One brackets. Uh, we've got the three that involve the local Dayton area schools. Um, I believe the one that we're not going to talk about, at least for the Southwest region, is the Columbus District um, or the Cincinnati Cincy, the Cincy District. Well, whatever. <laughs> uh, you get what I mean. We're just trying to break down uh, the ones that mainly involve the Dayton area teams that we've covered throughout the length of the year. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're just going to jump right in and get going here. So the first one we're breaking down is the Southwest One District. Um so in the top half of the bracket, uh, for the first three matchups, uh, we've got the one seed Centerville Elks taking on the 19th seed uh, Fairborn Skyhawks. Uh, we've got Vandalia Butler at the eight seed taking on Troy, the 11 seed, and then Sydney number nine seed and Beaver Creek 14th seed. Um, at least for this first round with uh, Belmont. Uh, 20th seed taking the first round by um, they'll face the winner of the Centerville Fairborn game. So let's start there. Centerville Fairborn first couple I'm going to guess are going to be pretty quick and easy, but we'll jump in anyways. Yeah. Um, really not a lot to talk about on this one, Seth, you know, Centerville clearly the best team in the Dayton area without a doubt. And Fairborn has just really not been as great of a team this year, unfortunately out in the NBL. Correct. So uh, Fairborn Skyhawks will take an L there. Um, Same time, we got uh, Vandalia Butler again, eight seed taken on Troy. We got in this one because this is a really interesting MVL matchup. Yes, it's very intriguing. These two played each other twice during the regular season, split the regular season. Uh, I was actually there when they played uh, at Butler. It was the first matchup between the two, and it was a low-scoring game, but the second one ended up being a little bit higher scoring. Um, This one's a little bit interesting in that Troy is actually missing one of their key reserve players, uh, Charlie Walker. He's kind of like a football kid for him, about 6'3". Gives him a really good body on the glass and physicality factor that Troy likes to play with, and that's a lot like what Coach Hess likes to do is, is really bully you as much as he can. With Butler, I do think in this one the Aviators will come away with this. Um, I just feel like they overall are kind of moving in the right direction at the right time. Troy actually going into the draw was on a six-game losing streak, mm. and they hadn't had Henry for a lot of those games as well. As good as that duo of Shaden Olden and Jaden Owens is for Troy, I just don't know if they have enough to overpower Tyler Monahue and that Butler team. So the Aviators are going to march through. Correct. Um at least in our opinion here, and I would hard, wholeheartedly agree with you on that one. And they'll be taking on the winner of either Sydney and Beaver Creek. Um, kind of a weird game here, I think. Uh, you know, Beaver Creek hasn't has had one of probably their more down seasons, uh, especially after the the bit of a run that they made last year mm-hmm. uh, in the D one tournament. But they've gotten they've had some weird losses and they've had some weird wins most recently that win you know day day or two after they took out Wayne then they dropped you know a random game to Springfield um or rather beat Springfield beat Springfield um 
can't think of who they lost to on Friday. But <laughs> yeah, but it, they were they've had some weird games as of late where they've lost games you didn't expect them to lose, but then go out and win games that you would have thought they were going to lose. Yeah, I mean they lost to. I mean one of their key losses this year was to Springfield Shawnee at a D three, and really yeah. you should never have a D one team lose to a D three school nine it, times out of ten. At least not at the level that Beaver Creek usually is at. Right. That's a rare oddity. And then you got Sydney who. You know, they've bounced around a little bit, you know, in the rankings of the MVL. Um, you know, they got some guys like Taborn. Um, and Vontae Martin as well. Vontae Martin, yeah. But kind of, you know, not necessarily many. I mean, a, a couple of years back with Andre Gordon and those guys, you know, they were seen as, you know, yeah, they were going to make a run in the D, D1 tournament. Does Sydney have what it takes to keep up with Beaver Creek, though? Yeah, it's. I, I think they do. Um, with Beaver Creek too, you got to recall Adam Duvall, their junior stud, hasn't played for quite yeah, a few games. True. Now he is back, as far as I know, mm -hmm. and he was back in that win over Springfield, which is big for them. And that's what makes this complicated. Is yeah, Beaver Creek throughout the season, going into the draw, they were three and fourteen, but then right before the draw, they beat Springfield, who we're going to talk about a little later, is the mm -hmm. four seed. Is it enough? I mean, me personally, I don't think so. I would take Sydney in this yeah. just because the consistency factor throughout the season. Absolutely. So I wholeheartedly agree with you there. Um, so that takes us back up to the top where Belmont's got their bye. Mm -hmm. um, kind of a, I don't know, maybe they could have gone and picked a different place, but being 20th seed, you're the bottom of the barrel. Dead picking last. They were dead last. There, yeah. So you have to take the bye. And they get Centerville. I don't think we can just go ahead and write Centerville through on this one. But yeah, Belmont's <laughs> winless. I don't expect them to pick their first win up in this one. Not against Centerville. Uh, okay, then another back-to-back -back MVL matchups here. Uh, Butler took on Troy initially. Now they're getting another uh, fellow MVL uh, opponent in Sydney. Who do you like out of Butler in Sydney, though? In this one, I like Sydney. Because I feel like with Butler, one of the biggest issues that they ran into was when Tyler Monahue's not scoring for them, mm. they don't have a lot of other options they can go to. They've got a few other seniors that do good as role players, but neither one of them are really go-to scorers. Mm -hmm. And Sydney has a very good defensive team led by Martin and having Taborn. They got big junior Jaden Swiger uh, in the paint yep. as well. Sydney's got a lot of defensive weapons that they can use. And I just feel like in this one, they're going to really double down. They did play each other once in the regular season, and Butler won that one matchup by six. Uh, I, I do think Sydney's defensive factor uh, is going to be enough that they can get past Butler in this one. All right, so we'll chalk Sydney up. Um, so that's going to bring you down to Centerville and Sydney left for who's going to come out of, of, of this sectional. Mm -hmm. Um and march on to take on the lower part of the bracket. I mean, again, we've talked a little bit about Sydney and, and Centerville already, but for most of this bracket that Centerville's in, teams ran away from them. They're marching through against Sydney. Yes, they're not going to hit a road bump here. I don't believe so. No. Okay. So Centerville's going to march out of that top sectional in Southwest 1. Um, and then real quick, the lower half of the bracket – uh, doesn't have many or any Dayton schools in it, uh, but you've got Lakota West, uh, Kings Mills, Walnut Hills, Tawawanda, West Claremont, 
Mason, and Fairfield. If you had to pick one team out of that who you think, based on where they're lined up, is going to come out of there, or two teams potentially, who you got coming out of there? If Fairfield gets by the winner of that Lakota West game, I think Lakota West will win that playing game. If they can get by Lakota West, I think that'll be one option. Mm-hmm. But I feel more strongly, and I don't. Again, we don't cover these teams as much, so it's hard to tell. Uh, I think Walnut Hills will be the other one. While I haven't seen them play this year, they've really turned a corner this season. Um, you know, with Cincinnati being as good as they were in the D1 sector, I think Walnut Hills is a good one to lean on to, to get out of this bracket. Okay. So if we're talking Fairfield or Walnut Hills, when we start looking at who's ultimately going to come out of this district to take on uh, the Southwest 2 bracket, which we're going to talk about. Well, no, that's the one that we're not really talking about. Who do you got coming out, whether it's Fairfield or Walnut Hills against Centerville? You still riding with Centerville all the way through? I, I think you almost have to in this one. I mean, yeah. I mean, with Fairfield, they got a great backcourt, but I don't know how much size they have. And you've got guys like Trey Johnson and Rich Rolls that you have to defend against. It's Walnut Hills, again, not knowing much about what they are or who they have. At the same time, you got to look at who Centerville's played this year. Centerville's beaten every single type of style of play you can think of. Centerville's beaten a team with that style of play. Yep. Unless you're Moeller, I don't really know. Moeller or St. X Elder, one of the GCL schools, I don't really know mm-hmm. if there's many teams that can hang with Centerville, to be honest. So, yeah, I would say Centerville's a pretty clear-cut favorite in this pretty one. Pretty clear-cut favorite. Okay. So that takes care of the Southwest 1 bracket, which is going to march us on to the Southwest 3 bracket. Um, for the In the lower in the lower, lower part of this bracket here are the mainly uh, – Dayton area schools, the greater Miami Valley, whatever you want to call it. Uh, you've got in the in the first two playing games, you've got Springboro, 17 seed against Springfield, the four seed. You've got Xenia at the 15 seed taking on the 10th seeded uh, Fairmont. Fairmont. Yeah. So let's start here. We've also got uh, the winner of that top game is going to take on West Carrollton at the seven seed. The winner of the bottom game is going to take on the three seed in Miamisburg. So let's start with the play-in games, Burrow and Springfield. I know this is one of the big ones you want to talk because you might have a hot take here, Tony Peters. I, I do have a hot take, Seth. Um, so usually my gut would go with the higher seed with Springfield being a four and Springboro being a 17. However, I like to look at the facts and look at trends. And the trends in this one does not favor Springfield, in my opinion. Yeah. Number one. Springfield and Springboro have played twice this season. Mm-hmm. Springfield won both games by a combined five points. They okay. won by two the first time, three the second time. Not a blowout in either ones. Nope. I don't have to go any further by saying you and I have the saying, it's how hard it is to beat a team three times. team three times. But that's not the only factor I'm looking at in this. Springfield, going into the draw, was seven and seven. And this was not including their Beaver Creek loss, which put them at seven and eight. This is not a team like Centerville or Wayne that has an overwhelming amount of wins and a handful of losses. This is a team that has been up and down throughout the season. Mm-hmm. And while they have got some good wins, I mean, they, they beat uh, Wayne on Friday night. They beat Miamisburg. But then they dropped to Beaver Creek. Right. You don't know what you're going to get in that. And I just I feel like the Springboro team just now, the second half of January, really started to kind of get into a groove. And for that reason, and the fact that they've played twice already and it was so close, 
I'm taking Springboro to pull the upset in this one. Okay, so Coach McCullough, great run so far this year. I mean, I, I don't think that anybody's going to say that, that he doesn't deserve the GWAT Coach of the Year like he got uh, or that we most everybody thinks he's getting. He's done a heck of a job out there since taking over at the beginning of the year. Um, to have that team pull some of those wins out that they did um, speaks volumes to that. Mm -hmm. uh, but, yeah, I mean, I, I would say it's a hot take. In my opinion, I'd probably, you know, if it was if in my bracket, I had Springfield riding just because sometimes I like to think that that late season win against Wayne, some of those other bigger wins that they've pulled up um, are games that they could potentially be a thorn in someone's mm -hmm. side if they can get past Burrow. Sure. Um, but we'll go with Burrow for, for the sake of our discussion here with with the hot take win. <laughs> uh, going down then to the other playing game, we've got Fairmont and Xenia. Uh, you know, Fairmont not been up to their usual standards this year. Xenia kind of coasting along after, you know, the Samari Curtis departure a couple years ago. I, my heart tells me Fairmont's moving on out of this one um, just because of some of the guys that they've got. They've got some experience out there. Um, they've got some playmakers, but is it, do you see any reason that Xenia's going to hang around and cause some issues? I think Xenia will give them issues just in terms of the fact that Fairmont really doesn't have much size. Correct. And Xenia does have some some bigger guys on their team. Mm -hmm. But Xenia, they haven't really done anything that impressive this no. year in terms of beating a really big opponent where yeah. it's a, like a crazy take. Um, I think it's Fairmont's a safe take in this a one. A safe take in this one. Okay. So we will write Fairmont moving on. So that will bring us back to uh, top of the bracket. West Carrollton, seven seed, taken on – Burrow, who's now going to be the 17 seed moving on. Any reason that West Carrollton's not going to be able to take care of business against Burrow? I don't see why not. And I just want to go on the, on the record and say, if I had taken Springfield to win that game against Burrow, I don't think I would have had them beating West Carrollton. No, I think West Carrollton, and at least against either of those teams, safely moves on. They've got the size. They've got the athleticism. They've got, they, they've got all of it in a seven seed. So and, yeah, and that's what I was gonna say is I think I'm I'm thoroughly sh I think if there's one take I didn't like from this the seeding was I didn't like West Carrollton being seven. Well, and Springfield jumping up to a fourth seed at seven and eight, mm -hmm. what was a little confusing. I, I you know I have half a mind to think that you know maybe some people saw some of those late wins later in the season or those kind of pop up wins here and there. They paid more attention to the wins that popped up as opposed to the bad losses mm -hmm. uh, that were sort of interspersed in there for them to come out with a four seed. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I think we still march West Carrollton on. I think it's, yeah, I agree with that. Then the other game, Miamisburg, uh, having a heck of a year, uh, led by a whole slew of seniors out there, taking on Fairmont. Um, you know, we've seen Miamisburg play in, in some dominant fashion. They've taken out a team like Centerville, albeit on a buzzer beater, and then were handled pretty convincingly in, in the second matchup. But they gave Wayne a number of – gave him two good games. Mm -hmm. um, Miamisburg's moving on against Fairmont, right? Yeah, you you kind of hit the nail on the head with the whole seniors. I think that's what they have the advantage over Fairmont in this one. Okay, so Berg's moving on. So that's going to give us West Carrollton and Miamisburg uh, for 
for the sectional championship. This is this is this might be one of the harder games to debate because like we said, Berg's got a lot of seniors. They've got a couple of guys in Coppock and I think Jackson McGowan, uh, yep. McGowan um, Anthony Coppock and Jackson McGowan who play much larger than their height would indicate, but then they've got to go up against a West Carrollton team that's got some legitimate size. Sam Walker is that legitimate yes. size in this <laughs> one. And the way Sam Walker has played this year, um, I mean, it's unreal watching this kid play. Um, for West Carrollton, too, you got to note they don't have Alan Lattimore yeah. due to the transfer rule, which we won't which get into that. I but won't that's get a, into yeah. it. But and they also don't, they don't have Ibaki Kadari, who either. went out in the second game with a knee injury. That hurts them. And I'll be honest with you, I think that is almost what hurts them in this because West Carrollton, yes. West Carrollton is one of the best rebounding teams in the, in the, area. the area. And yep. a lot of that is because of Sam Walker. Mm -hmm. Now, if they had Kadari and Lattimore, I think they'd have a much higher than a seventh seed and we'd be chalking West Carrollton moving forward I, here. It'd be a no-brainer. No-brainer. But without a kid like Lattimore, your speed, your athleticism, his shooting ability, the just the energy that he brings mm -hmm. that – feeds everyone around him I feel like that's the biggest missing wheel in this whole machine for West Carrollton mm -hmm. and I think that's the reason why Berg's gonna come out of here in this one they're see they shoot the ball really really well there and there's four or five kids out there that can shoot Alex Ball mm -hmm. um you know Evan the number uh, one amongst Olsen. those Evan Olsen dropping them from from out long and yeah Coppock and, and, and McGowan play big for their size now mm -hmm. They're going to have to kind of run a, a platoon squad out there to try to just, you know, throw everything they can at Sam Walker. They're going to defend Sam but, Walker with everything they've got. But but I think Berg's coming out of here in this one, would you say? I think so, too. That defense as a whole. You talked about their offense, but their defense is they do just play as good. Very good. They defense. give up 46 points a game this year. But even if we had taken West Carrollton in this one. <laughs> Let's start looking at the top half of the bracket really quick. Yes. And I think we can run through here. We've got uh, Withrow, Little Miami, Middletown, Sycamore, Anderson, Mount Healthy, and Moeller. And none of those teams are going to compete with Moeller uh, or the University of Cincinnati Moeller, like we like to call them <laughs> at times. Um, not not infallible this year, not they, they can be beaten. Yes. That's been proven. Yes. But I don't think any of those teams, and unfortunately, Miamisburg is not going to be one of those teams to do it. No. Moeller, when we get to the regionals probably in a couple of weeks, we is, can probably then have a conversation yes. about Moeller then, maybe, maybe having a loss. But for district, yeah, no. there's, I don't see them losing. They're marching on. Yes. So, unfortunately, Miamisburg, heck of a year. Uh, they went out there and, and balled out all year long giving teams fits left and right, proven, you know, making it to a district game here, but it's not going to happen, unfortunately. Yeah, unfortunately. So, Moeller's going to march out of Southwest 3. So, that takes us to uh, the Southwest 4 bracket. Um, so, for the local teams, uh, three play-in games in this one. We've got Stebbins and Franklin, Northmont and Tecumseh, Piqua and Wayne, and then Lebanon at the five seed taking – uh, the bye for the top game. Uh, so they'll face the winner of Stebbins and Franklin. Uh, and I'm going to start this one off. Okay. I, I want to I get your opinion here in a second. 
But this is a game that I think Franklin can win. They might be one of, you know, when you take a look at D1, they're, you know, maybe they should be in D2. Uh, for some of the schools that they play, I mean, especially some of the swivel schools, there are a lot of D3 and D4 schools down there. But, you know, and they, they play teams like Oakwood, you know, some of those other teams that aren't D1. Stebbins can play. Don't get me wrong. Franklin's 18-1, and one, I think. They've beaten pretty much everyone that they've come up against. This is a game that I think Franklin can win. I'm surprised you used that verbiage because I was going to say they are going to win. They are. I would say. Yes. I mean, I would I, – I, just my take on this. I mean, Stebbins I, – I, I like that you gave Stebbins, Stebbins the credit because they do. They were – I think they had won like five of six after they mm-hmm. started. And for Stebbins, too, it's important to note they played their second game of the year on December 4th. They did mm-hmm. not play again until January 22nd. because yeah, of COVID. Because of COVID. all their issues that they had. Everything that happened there. And I think that played a role. And even if they start playing their best basketball now – Franklin has been so consistent. Really, really consistent from start to finish. 100%. And they're only lost, and I just want to throw that out too, they lost to McNicholas yeah. out of D2, who is now considered one of the top local schools. Well, and top GCL team. Yes. Yeah. They, they deserve that win, and we'll get to the next game here in a second. But yes. we're going to write Franklin moving forward. Uh, this next game, again, kind of – Tough to pick here. We've got Northmont and Tecumseh, 13 seed and a 16 seed. Mm-hmm. Um, this was tough. Yeah. I'll be honest that's with what, you. That's what I'm sitting here. I'm like, man, I'm like, you know, I, in my mind, I've got Northmont written down here, mainly because I know more about Northmont, and I've not heard anything out of Tecumseh this year that would make me believe that they're going to come in and knock off a G-Walk school, but... I'm guessing you might have something else to say on that. Oh, I do have something to say about that. So first of all, these two teams did play uh, second game of the year for both teams. Northmont did win 58-52. But Northmont has not looked the same since the 2021 game. They are 2-8 in the second half of the year. Tecumseh does have a a G-Walk win. They Mm. beat Springboro. Okay. But it's important to note with Springboro, again, they're in the bottom half of the G-Walk. Yeah, <laughs> um, Tecumseh is eight and eight, uh, and they've got a sophomore in Colin O'Connor that I, is probably one of the better point guards I've seen in the CBC in a while. Mm-hmm. Um, that being said, though, what Tecumseh lacks is a quality, a lot of quality wins that show they they can beat teams of Northmont's stature. Mm-hmm. Even with Northmont's struggles, the two-headed monster of Patrick Ivory and Jordan Smith are, are so lanky and athletic. Yes, I don't ivory particularly. But yes, I think that Tecumseh can't match that directly, and so I have to take Northmont to start turning right. things around come tournament time. And that's that's where my head went to. Um, you know, yeah, they might they're not in the upper echelons of the G Walk this year, but they still have the size to compete in the G Walk. Something that unfortunately CBC is going to struggle to compete yes, with. Unfortunately, so we'll take Northmont there. Um, going down to the bottom game again, Piqua and Wayne, 18 seed, two seed in Wayne. I, there's not much to talk about here. Wayne's marching through in this Wayne, one. Yeah, Wayne's too deep, and Piqua doesn't have anyone besides sophomore Dre Sean Roberts that can okay. help him. So, fortunately, Dre Sean, uh, have fun <laughs> with Malcolm Curry and company. Um, but yeah, I, I think I think the Wayne Warriors get it done. I think so. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so let's jump back up again. 
Uh, we took Franklin in that first play-in game, and if that holds true, they're going to be running into Lebanon. This, to me, is the struggle game out of any of these that we've talked about thus far. This is probably the, the toughest call out of the games that I've looked at that we've talked about in D1 yet, mm-hmm. simply because Franklin's playing so well this year. Mm-hmm. What do you think? I agree. Um, and it's hard because we haven't seen Lebanon since they moved to the ECC mm-hmm. this year. And they've tore it up in the ECC. Now, that being said, the ECC also isn't the strongest in the world. Mm-hmm. Uh, the main team that comes out of there is Walnut Hills. I don't think they've played each other yet. Or if they have, if they have, I think Lebanon won that matchup. They might have. Because Lebanon's only losses are to Miamisburg and Turpin. Uh, mm. And Miamisburg was an 18-point loss. So they're also Ooh. not – they're not um, – Superman themselves, um, but they did do well in their conference. I think the separation factor in this one, Lebanon averages about six. They cause about six turnovers a game. Mm -hmm. Franklin is 10. Franklin has been the better defensive team in terms of defending the ball and pressuring the ball. Mm Mm-hmm. To your point, I think Franklin is playing better, and I think Franklin will get the win in this one as well. Okay. I would agree with you. Okay. <laughs> um, I just think, again, a sustained season where they've faced teams from top to bottom. Um, you know, I, I I think they've got what it takes to get it here. Um, and when we start looking at the bottom game, then Northmont and Wayne, again, two G-Walk schools here. Wayne's not going to have any trouble with Northmont. I actually want to comment on that because okay. they played each other twice. Okay. <laughs> Go ahead. You're making that face there on me. Um, uh-huh. I mean, they played each other twice, and Wayne won both games, and it is difficult to beat a team three times. I don't have to keep saying that over and no. over, but Wayne, it, it, it's important to note that because I think the game will be a lot closer than people are going to think. Probably. Now, am I saying Northmont's going to win? No, I think no. Wayne's going to win this game, but okay. it's – but. Got to get. I got to give Northmont credit, and, and yes, and even yes, then, yes. and and I didn't mean that. I didn't mean the Wayne's going to march on in this one as any sort of slight at all, mm-hmm. because I do think Northmont's got the tools to give them a game, mm-hmm. absolutely um, for sure. But I think you know Wayne's gotten bit in the last couple of weeks. You know they got bit by Springfield. Yeah, they took a hard loss to Centerville. Um, you know, th- they're going to be locked in. Mm-hmm. They've got too much seniority on this roster. Too many guys are who are too hungry to, to make an early exit in this year, in this bracket. Yeah, and I do want to give credit to Northmont, though, because you got to remember they had one win last year mm. the entire season. Yes. Going into the draw, they were 5-11. and 11. So they've al- that's already improvement right there. Well, so of course. even if they get beat by Tecumseh <laughs> in the first round, that's already an improvement that they got. Still a heck of a season. Five wins, absolutely. All right, so that'll take us out to the sectional game or the sectional championship here. Franklin taking on Wayne. Um, I like how Franklin's done this season, and this may might be an upset game for some, or it's got the potential to be an upset game simply because of the way that Franklin plays the game. But again, I, with the seniority, with the drive that this Wayne Warriors team is going to have, they're not going to make an exit to a Franklin, not in the state tournament. This is where Franklin's weaker schedule is going to yes. hurt them in this yes. one. You can get by Stebbins and Lebanon with what they've played, but not a Wayne. But what Wayne has that Stebbins and Lebanon doesn't have is 
Prophet Johnson, Malcolm Curry, Laurent Rice, Cam I Fancher, Elijah Brown, Ben Palma. Palma. We could yes. keep going on and on. The point is, Wayne's got yes, exactly to your point. Too many weapons, and Franklin just hasn't seen a team well, like. Well, and that. it's not to say that that you know Noah Rich and Tez Lattimore, you know, they're not going to give them a game because I mm-hmm. think they are. Oh, for sure. Especially in the first half, but that second half, it's just going to be too much. I think so. So Wayne's going to march on. Uh, They're going to be taking on whoever's going to come out of the top part of this bracket that's got Coleraine, Goshen, St. X, uh, Cincy Northwest, and Oak Hills. I I would say we both believe St. X is probably coming out of this bracket. Agreed. Which is going to set up a heck of a district game between St. X and Wayne with St. X winning. That game that they played. Regular season. Regular season. By three. Just a couple weeks ago. Or just a week ago. And it makes you wonder. It makes you wonder for sure. Can Wayne avenge themselves against. Because you got. I mean the GCL South this year. Has it's been. stacked. It's unbelievable. I how mean good. they're. They're legitimately. Top to bottom almost. Mm-hmm. Competing in district. I mean. When we. When we start talking. I mean you've got. All of them. Mm-hmm. They can freaking play. I mean, you got Moeller. We already talked about Moeller. We're talking about St. X. He didn't talk about Elder because Elder's no. in the bracket that is just Cincinnati only. But Correct. Elder's just as dang good. I mean, th- playing a GCL South school once is hard enough. Facing them twice, I don't know. Especially miss. after they've beat you and know that they've got the recipe on how to do it. A second time. As Who much would as you think is coming out of this game? If they had not played in the regular season. You'd say Wayne. I would be going with Wayne. But? But because they played and because St. X has been so good this year and because they have followed the trend of the GCL South schools being as consistent, that's the big thing here is consistency, I got to go St. X. I, I would I would agree. I Unfortunately, hope. I want to see this game. I, this is a game that I would circle to go watch because mm-hmm. I think come March 6th, holy cow. Mm-hmm. That's one of those games that you circle and go, I need to go see this, along with a game like a West Carrollton, Miamisburg, like a, like a Franklin Wayne even. Mm-hmm. Those are games that when we're looking at these, you're going, okay, that'd be one to go see. This would be one heck of a game to go see. Absolutely. And I hope I hope Wayne proves me wrong. I hope this matchup comes to fruition and Wayne goes and beats St. X. I'd love for that to happen. Yes. Because we love our it. Dayton schools. Absolutely. We'll pull and, for our Dayton schools every well, day. Well, and we've watched them. We've watched them for so many years here. Most of these kids we've watched play since they were freshmen. Right. Um, or sophomores, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We've seen the journey that they've gone on, how they've grown, what they've turned into. Um, I, you know, I agree. I Unfortunately, if they had not played, I'd be riding with Wayne. But And if they'd played twice and split – if they'd played twice and St. X had won twice, I might be saying Wayne. Mm-hmm. Uh, but one time, I think St. X would get it done again, I unfortunately. unfortunately. So that'll wrap up the uh, at least the walk through the district uh, games initially. Um, I'm sure once this all shakes out, we'll come back yes. and break down more at the regional level. Uh, certainly there are some matchups looming you know, potentials with with Centerville and Moeller, Moeller, Elder, St. X and one of those guys, mm-hmm. uh, you know, Laco- throw Lakota East into that mix, throw LaSalle into that mix. I mean, throw any of them into that mix and you've got 
you've got the potential for a lot of really, 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 really good matchups. And I want to take a, and I want to go on the record as well here um, and say that Hamilton at the twelve, I think they're the yeah. twelve seed. Twelve seed. The only reason they're there is because they had to forfeit the first half of their season due yep. to a, a transfer issue. That's going to be the most dangerous twelve seed you're going to find in the entire state of Ohio, yes. in my opinion. You yes. won't find anybody else at that type of seating that can be that competitive. So that, and it'll be interesting to see how they do as well. I know their bracket's got some other GMC teams, so they're going to have to go through some, some familiar foes as well. But when you have a seven-foot Auburn commit and Sage Tolentino, you can <laughs> usually do pretty good up saying. I would say so. So that'll wrap it up for D1. Yes, sir. Uh, you guys, again, keep going down the playlist here or up the playlist, depending on how all this ends up on Anchor. Uh, take a listen to D2 three and four yes. uh, but that'll wrap it up for t d1 for yes. us so yep. uh we'll talk to you soon yep.